You're listening to the Thriving Mom Podcast. I'm life and nutrition coach Ume Uguta, and I'm here to help you create the motherhood of your dreams without sacrificing your health and well-being. On this podcast, we dive into mindset, strategy, and skills that will help you stop surviving and start thriving in the beautiful chaos that is motherhood. Are you ready, mama? Let's journey together. Well, hello, Thriving Moms. Welcome to another podcast episode. It's the last Sunday of 2022. Can you believe it? (laughs) Now, I don't know about you, but this year has been a very interesting one for me and very exciting and um, painful and wonderful all wrapped up in one. And I wouldn't change a thing. Now, this weekend, my sister's getting married in Nigeria and... Although I'm not there, I feel so blessed and just really excited for what's next for my family and my siblings and just being able to see our lives change and we're, you know, having our own children and building a new generation. So I'm very excited. For me, I'd say this year, there were moments that felt really slow and some that felt really fast. But beyond all of that, I've experienced a lot of growth personally and professionally. And I'm going to share that through the five lessons that I learned this year. So let's just dive in. First one is the value of self-reflection. Now for all my doers and go-getters, this one's for you. I'm someone who tends to be on the go and I'm learning to see the value in pausing and intentionally self-reflecting. This is not about beating yourself up. This is not about seeing where you were good or where you were bad. This concept is not new to me. But one thing I learned was in the past, I did it as a way to assess my ability. And there was a low-key tying of that to my worth. So really this year, I was able to explore that and open that up and see all of the fears that I had. And it's been a game changer. I think the biggest shift for me has just been recognizing how I used to be tough on myself. I'm naturally very driven, but I also had layers of conditioning that contributed to me being really hard on myself when it came to setting and achieving goals. And the thing that revealed that to me was my business. So when I started, I used to hate looking at numbers, the money, the metrics, For me, it was like, what's the point? I can just work harder and go do whatever I need to do to create this goal. I remember just thinking about it this year, how growing up, things like this always resulted in pain, looking at numbers, assessing yourself. And it was painful as a child because if I didn't do what was expected, obviously people would be disappointed, speaking to the people pleaser in me. And there was always this approach of let's see who can be the best and somebody else always has to lose so that you go ahead of them. And I really, as I've worked, you know, in my own life, trying to decolonize how I approach my life, trying to, not trying, but really intentionally letting go of the societal expectations and all these systemic thinking, I also thought that I had to let that go. Because of it being tied to somebody else has to fail in order for me to succeed. And I've learned to release that. 
And now I approach self-reflection with a lot of grace and fun. It's more about what can I learn about myself? It's a discovery experience for me rather than, you know, judging and shaming myself. Now for those of you wanting to think about this and possibly start self-reflecting, you want to think about what's the area that would make it easiest for you. So I started with just my personal life because I've been very intentional about thriving. So I was very intentional about just taking time some during the day to assess how I'm feeling, what's working, what doesn't feel like it's working the way I wanted it to, and what could I possibly shift either before the end of the day or by the next day, right? So it's not going to take too long. It's just quick questioning and sitting down and just thinking to myself because I find that one of the challenges we have as busy women, as moms, is that we don't spend time to listen to ourselves. So for me, these questions were really helpful because I didn't want to have to be like, okay, now I'm going to self-reflect. Now, what do I think about, right? So I had questions ahead of time that would help me do that. I also was thinking about this in my business. Like how would the CEO version of myself think? What worked well? What didn't? What would I do differently? And what might get in the way of the plan that I have? And how do I plan to take care of myself? So these are such some questions to get your wheels turning. And one thing I want you to do is also ask yourself, how will I know that I'm doing well? For me, knowing that I'm doing a good enough self-evaluation is that I will notice a shift in my emotions at the end of that evaluation. So it's almost like I feel either motivated or looking forward to trying something again. So self-reflection is not about beating yourself up. It's about evaluating. (laughs) I'm laughing here because I'm an evaluator in my nine to five. So it's so interesting that I'm thinking about this and I'm like, yeah, it makes total sense. And I always think about how program areas are afraid when they hear me talk about evaluation. And it's the same thing. It's the misunderstanding of what that is about. So self-reflection is not about judging yourself. It's not about seeing how terrible you are. It's not about your worth or your value. It's about learning about you and how you can show up and support yourself to work towards your goal. Hope that helps. Second thing for me, you can only go as far as you're willing to heal. Now, this one was a big one for me because I think for years I've been pretty okay. I've had coaching. I've had counseling in the past and therapy, but Because I am wanting to embrace my purpose on a deeper level, I'm wanting to become an example of what's possible. A lot came up this year. The earlier part of this year was filled with so much pain and tears and fear because of unresolved trauma that I had from childhood. And also just, I think I hadn't dealt with the grief of losing my parents and it all just like boiled over. And it was really hard for me to show up for my family in the way that I wanted. It was challenging to show up in my schoolwork and even run my business in the way that I wanted. But it was a good thing. And here's why. It caused me to pause, right? So sometimes when we're, you know, on the go, things seem to be going very well. There's not really a big issue. We don't take time out to pause 
and really assess how we're doing. And for me, this was the first year that I did that in a while. And then I was like, you know what? I went to counseling and then I went to therapy at the same time (laughs) because I just needed to feel better. Coaching was working, but there was also this little piece of trauma that I just couldn't get past. And then I remember just being able to think about the coaching that I received and also connect that with the therapy and counseling. And that's what helped me to function. (laughs) Like I remember one thing I learned from my counselor was that I cannot hasten my healing. I'm going to say that again. You cannot hasten your healing. Your healing will take as long as it needs to take. And you know what? Many of us, I think for the most part, most of us never really heal because it's a journey. It's a scab that forms over and sometimes it's going to itch and then you scratch it and maybe it'll bleed, maybe not. And then it'll heal over and there might be a scar. So the healing process could be a lifelong one. And in order for us to let that happen and heal properly, we got to let it take as long as it takes. This was a hard one for me because that the first few sessions, I was just complaining. <laughs> I was like, how do I get this work? I know how to think new thoughts. I can do this. And it was just not happening. And then I got introduced to the concept of play and art therapy and creativity. And as a creative person, I was able to do that work. That was like, okay. I started painting. I bought myself adult coloring books. My kids got on board. And now we are all like having paint sessions and coloring sessions together, I started trying new things and doing things afraid and became less intense or serious, I would say. I was able to release so many things that I held on to for so long and I didn't even know they were there. So this for me was a huge one. Again, you can only go as far as you're willing to heal. The third thing for me was failure is part of the process. Guys, this year I failed a lot, (laughs) sometimes even intentionally, and I realized that it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. So one thing I used to be very good at was not trying anything that I wasn't interested in, or at least 90% sure I would be good at. (laughs) Any overachievers listening to me today? (laughs) And while this looked like, oh, this is great for me, It was keeping me from taking chances. It was keeping me from really realizing how much more I could do and how bigger I could play and how more confident I could show up and how more courageous I could be. And courageous for me is like very tricky because courage doesn't feel good in my body. Courage feels like throwing up. (laughs) It feels terrible. But on the other side, it feels amazing. Again... Wanting to run a business, wanting to show up in my purpose and just thrive as a mom in my life for my family really brought this to the surface for me. I was challenged by my coach to get comfortable with failure. And because I was in therapy and counseling and learning these new things, I let myself follow whatever felt like an adventure. I also decided to try something I'd never tried before, which is Reiki. And I really loved it. And the lesson from that for me was again, going back to the play and my sense of adventure and creativity, 
So I really, really embraced that. I bought a ticket. I traveled internationally by myself. I tried paddle boarding. I went to coffee and lunch dates. And if you know me, I'm such an introvert. So these are not like things that I would naturally think, oh yeah, let me go try it because my introverted self would just want to pee herself. But I did it. And I made new friends and I placed myself in rooms that I would otherwise shy away from. I cultivated new relationships and it was fun. All of these experiences made me feel all the feels, especially my fear of rejection. But through that, I was able to work through it. I was able to go back and train my nervous system to know that rejection is not a terrible thing. I don't have to be afraid of it and I'm not going to die. And overall, it's just helped me expand my capacity for failure. And it has also helped me grow the most. So if you're thinking about goals in the new year, I want you to plan for failing. It's going to happen. The best thing you can do is train yourself and prepare for how you're going to take care of yourself when that happens, not avoid the failure. Now, my fourth lesson is that you are worth the investment. I'm worth the investment. You're worth the time, the energy, the money, the emotions, and everything else you think will take to create the life that you want. And when we talk about investments, I think as women and as moms, our brains automatically go to money, but often that's not even an issue. For me this year, I've invested time, I've invested energy, all the things into myself like never before. I hired coaches, I've already talked about, you know, going on coffee dates, going on a trip that was not planned, but I was following my sense of adventure. I created new relationships to support me in life as a mom, as a wife, and in my business. I was also very intentional about my time, how I think about time, what I do with time, all of it. And I'm so excited because I have a training workshop next year where I'll be diving deep into this for moms. And I can't wait to share it with you all. It's going to be so good. (laughs) Anyway, back to time. Because I was doing my master's, working full time, also being a wife and a mom and a sister to five siblings, it was very important to me that I spend my time wisely. I made a promise to myself that I'm not going to let anything get in the way of my health and well-being. And that meant that sleep was a priority for me. I also discovered over the spring, I think, that I'm anemic. So that for me makes me quite tired, even though I'm kind of, you know, on the mend now. But I've learned to recognize when I start to feel a little bit fatigued and tired, I need rest. No matter what happens, I'm just like, okay, time to go take a nap, time to just chill. I'm getting better. But I also made sure that I was keeping that promise to myself. And I had a list of what I was prioritizing. My business was at the bottom because I already have a nine to five. And I thought, you know what? If I need income, it can come from there and I can let my business just be what it needs to be. So that made it easier for me to be able to focus. I also tend to work in seasons. So when I'm in school, things like meals together and me doing most of the kids stuff, they don't take priority. My husband steps in, we ask for a lot of help and we work together. So for me, I followed the rhythm that my life was in, which was very helpful. It wasn't always perfect. We were managing lots of colds and flus and COVID and all the things. 
And there were days when I was just like, you know what? I'm tapped out. Everybody go drink cereal or go eat cereal and leave me alone. (laughs) But I'm so grateful to be able to have a life that affords me to do that. Because every time I go back to my IBS misdiagnosis, that taught me that lesson. That it is important for me and I am worth that investment of time, energy, effort, emotions, all the things, money. And I still carry that today. So remember that you're also worth the investment, whatever that looks like to you. Always. Now my last lesson, certainly not the least, is this. Celebration is a (laughs) non-negotiable. If you learn anything from this episode, let it be this. Celebration matters. I used to think that things had to be big to be celebrated. Or, you know, I could just smile at things and count those as celebrations. No, 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 my friends. We make it a big deal here. Everything is worth celebrating if you set the intention of constantly living in the wonder of your life. One thing that I've come to learn is that true celebration is an inside job. It is felt within your body. The feeling of gratitude and awe and joy and happiness. For me, it looks like my daughter jumping up and down when she sees me coming home. Or for you, might be your dog or your cat. I don't know if cats jump with excitement. (laughs) They're just mostly lazy and laying around. But dogs just get really excited when they see their owners. They want to lick your hands and lick your face to tell you how happy they are to see you. This is the feeling you want to cultivate in your body. I started doing this earlier in the year and then I started doing it with my clients. And I can tell how different they show up to coaching sessions, they show up to their lives because they're thinking differently about what is worth celebrating. They start to notice little things that they didn't before, like not yelling at their kids three days in a row, catching themselves before they say words that they don't want to say anymore, feeling good about choosing themselves, feeling good about staying in when they said they would not. But because things have changed, they're having a headache, they'd rather stay in and cancel the appointment, choosing themselves and thriving. For me in my own life, it just feels light and less tight, even when things feel chaotic. And I just like always am looking forward to what can I celebrate here? And this is not about ignoring pain. It's not about ignoring suffering. It's about doing both and not feeling terrible that you can find something to celebrate even when there's pain and letting them exist at the same time, because that's the beauty of the human experience and it's worth it. So those are my five lessons. I have many, many more, but these were the biggest for me. And now I'd love to hear your own lessons. Come find me at Olive and Bliss Wellness on Instagram or Facebook or send me an email. Hello at Olive and Bliss Wellness. I'll include all those links in the show notes and let's chat about your biggest lessons. Again, this is me putting myself out here, feeling very vulnerable (laughs) and not worrying about the fear of rejection because this is what I want to do. And if this episode resonates with you, I'm going to be hosting a workshop on how you can prioritize yourself in the new year. It's all about letting go of people pleasing because people pleasing is more than just saying no and having boundaries. You can go to oliveandbliss.ca forward slash workshop to learn all about it. I'll also include the link in the show notes. All right, my friends, it's been an honor 
and a pleasure to be able to share with you for the past 52 weeks. (laughs) I think even more. And I've been hearing how the podcast is helping so many of you. I'm just looking forward to doing more of that in the new year. And one thing I'm going to ask, if you haven't already, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this episode. It helps with the podcast rating and helps other moms to know the work that we're doing, which is just helping all of us thrive in the beautiful chaos that is motherhood. Have a beautiful week, my friends, and I'll see you in the new year. Cheers. Thanks for hanging out with me. If you enjoyed this episode, I want you to take that work deeper and implement one thing that you learned this week. And if you'd like to take this work further, come work with me inside my coaching program. You can go to oliveandbliss.ca to learn all about me and how I can support you.